Today's staff is Tzadi Vav, 96. We are a little behind. We pick up on the top third of Tzadi Hamud's bet by the two dots. We're dealing with a Brita that had three opinions about how to deal with the case of somebody who steals a cow that's pregnant and gives birth or a sheep that has wool and shears it. And the first position was Rebbe Mayer that you have to give back both the uh, shorn sheep and the uh, uh, cow that had given birth together with the shearings and with the calf. And the Mark said that even though he holds and you really should own the shearings and pay the difference um, but this was a knas you shouldn't be profiting off of somebody else's uh, stolen uh, off of an object that you stole from someone else now the Gemara deal turns to the positions of Rebbe Yehuda and um, Rebbe Shimon let's take a look it's about 10 lines from the top on Sadi Hamad's bet uh, the Zela goes back in its current state which could mean you give back the shorn sheep and the cow that had given birth and uh, you don't pay the difference but the Gemara understands what this means is that you actually give it back in the way that you took it so you do pay the difference uh, you assess the value of it which also means you determine how much it was when you stole it and that's what you pay so those both those both seem to be very similar positions by the way neither of them are clear whether you own the uh, sheep is the fact that the sheep has been shorn enough of a shinoi in the sheep itself that remains pretty vague here but anyway the Gemara understands that either way they're both saying you pay for the value when you stole it so the Gemara says my bein ayu so what's the difference between these two positions okay the question is about the improvement let's say you um, had not Shorn it. So let's say. So uh, who gets that improved value? Rabbi Yehuda suffered the nigzal have. Rabbi Shimon suffered the gazan have. So Rabbi Yehuda is of the position that it belongs to the nigzal, the person who it was stone, stolen from. Well, let me just check check Rashi very quickly. Make sure I'm saying this right. Rashi said yesterday that it was the hashda according to Rabbi what? Yeah, but you pay the difference. Uh, okay. So, all right. So, anyway, so Gemara says the difference would be that you haven't shorn it yet. Okay. So, that belongs to the Nigzo. So, when he says, it means that had you not yet shorn it, you would have given it back with the increased uh, wool. Let's say it had grown wool since you stole it. That would belong to the Nigzo. Uh, and Reb Shimon say no the Gazan would get that so that's an interesting idea that even some type of a you know small uh, increase in its value in the wool and then whatever that would be yours what is that is that based on Shinoi why would the Gazan get it like that seems to be a small enough change an incremental enough change and that's pretty strange that Reb Shimon would say that belongs to the Gazan but the emphasis of Reb Shimon that says Choseris is being read here to mean not in the specific scenario discussed in the Praita but if there was a small increase, um, you know, growth in the wool, let's say, that would go back with the increase to the owner. That's what Rabbi Yehuda would say. So Rabbi Mir is talking about the price of Rabbi Yehuda or Rabbi Shimon or not? 
Well, they're both saying the same thing, but their positions indicate that there would be a different area that they would be debating. In the case of the Brighta, they're saying you pay what it was when you stole it. But the different language indicates that Rabbi Yehuda would say that in some cases you'd give it back even though it had improved and you would not just pay the value when you stole it. Which is again a shocker. Like, you know, why is this small little increase? I mean, what is that based on? Is that based on Shinri Kona? Why does he get the fact that now, you know, it's uh, grown some extra wood? Why did, wool? Why does that go to the Goslin? So, Tosfos, if you see, there's a long Tosfos, and Tosfos basically says that these positions that the Goslin gets to keep it is really a type of a Takana Sashavim. It doesn't make sense. It's not a Shinui Kona. I have it that says this much wool, it grows a little extra wool, all of a sudden that's a Shinui, and I get the additional wool. So, Tosfos says, no, no, no. That's because, to make it easier for you to return the principal, we let you keep the increase. Okay? Well, about the so, so it can be very different. It was, it was no That's true. There are certain degrees, but to say it in a categorical way that you get to keep the Shevach doesn't seem to be a good basis for it. So Tosu says, now that the Gemara is saying they both would hold that, that's basically a Takanas Shavim. So if that's true, so you, both of them are agreeing you pay for it the way it was when it was stolen. If it increases, you, the Gazan, keeps the difference. Okay, again, Takanas Shavim. Um, if it gives birth, then you pay for it as it was worth when it was stolen. They both agree basically you're paying what it was worth when it was stolen. So what's the difference? So the Gemara says, Here the question is, is whether you basically keep all of the increase or do you keep like a portion of it? Okay, because do we figure like, you know, half a third, that would be the amount you would pay like a, you know, uh, I guess it was land, you'd call it a sharecropper. I don't know what you would call it anyway. But, you know, you would pay somebody who was going to raise your, your sheep and or raise your cows and get them pregnant and have them have kids or whatever, you give them a percentage of the business. Okay? So this is like, uh, this is um, not a minimum payment for your services. This is like what you would contract somebody at. So everybody agrees, like, what are we going to give the goslin so he feels, it's so funny, you know, to incentivize him to return the thing so he feels he's at least getting something for his efforts that he now got this cow or this sheep to be worth more. Do you let him keep all the shevach or do you let him keep a portion of the Shabbat. Okay, and that's the debate. You have to okay. understand what the beginning premium is. just had more will. will I under, well, you grazed it, you cared for it. I mean, you've got to take care of it. It's all the Goslin, and that's the phrase, you give it back, and Michael, this is sort of the way you wanted to say it. You give it back in exactly the way it was when you stole it, and you you keep all of the increase. Okay, that's Choseris Be'enehah. You keep all of the increase. Now, that doesn't mean that you pay back less than it was worth. Okay, you pay it back as it was when it was taken. And so if now you shore it and it's less than it is, you have to make up the difference. But any more than any increase from the way it was when it's taken is all yours. For Shemin now if Shemin uses the phrase, you Shemin so you assess its value. So, no, did I skip a line? No, no, no. no. So when he uses the phrase and says, you assess it, so assessing means, okay, it doesn't mean the full amount, you assess the value and you do some, you know, some uh, function of that amount. So therefore, everybody agrees that you pay it back as it was when it was stolen. If you sure it, you pay the difference. If you haven't shorn it, it's still you know, that's on it. So Rabbi Yehuda says, you keep the entire increase. And Rabbi Shimon says you keep a portion of the increase. Yes, Charlie. So I have a pregnant cow. Yeah. 
Thank you. He gives birth. I give back. No. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I give back the now non-pregnant calf. What about the calf? Um. You keep it because of Shinokone. But it's part of yeah. the. The, the, the cap was part of the cap. So you pay the difference. That's what I've been saying. You, everybody agrees you pay minute. You pay the full amount of it was when it was worth. And the question is, do you keep? Do you keep? And if it got if it gave birth, are you sure it? Everybody agrees you keep that. That's Shunikona. If you have to pay the yeah. difference, you'll pay the difference. But otherwise, you pay whatever you know. But if it just increased and uh, without giving birth, so Rabbi Yehuda says you keep. You know, you, not you keep. You're not going to shear it, but you get paid for the full amount of increase. And Rabbi says you get paid for a portion of the increase. Okay, it's so crazy how nice we're being to the Gazan here. Not enough that the Torah says there's no fine, but he actually, he has to get now paid for his efforts. Um, okay. Rav Yudah Sava Shevet HaKavitei L'Kuei D'Gazan Oh, he did that. Okay, Tznat. Gazapar Vinis Abra Etzvah V'Yalda. Rachel, this is our Mishnah. Fine, getting back to that. Rachel Vinitana Etzvah V'Gazasa. So you stole a cow, became pregnant, gave birth. So it went through the full cycle. Or a sheep that it got laden with wool and was shorn. Okay. Um, uh, you pay back like it was when you stole and you keep the whole increase because now it's back to the way it was when you stole it um, so the Gemara says it sounds like only because it gave birth do you return it now you, you, you know only because it gave birth now do you return it as it was when it was stolen right so now you're giving back the same thing that you stole a cow that's not pregnant let's say it hadn't given birth what's the implication of the Mishnah you stole the cow and it got pregnant you stole the sheep and got laden with wool. The implication of the mission would be give the whole thing back. Right? It sounds like only because you shore it and maybe there's a sheen way on the wool do you keep the wool. But had you not done that it sounds like the whole thing goes back. Okay? So that's not like we've been saying. So the Gemara says that was the debate of Reb Yud and Reb Shimon. Whether when it increased um, before it was you know shorn does it all belong to the Nigzal or all belong to the Goslin. So according to that version that Rabbi Yehuda said it all belongs to the Nigzal. How many Rabbi Yehuda? That's Rabbi Yehuda. Elorah Papa, the second version, Damar de Gazlin Have, everybody says it's the Gazlins, and the question is just all of it or part of it. Hamani, who is this going like? The implication that had it not been shorn, it got, you know, it, it developed the wool when you had stolen it, it had been shorn. The implication of the mission is it all goes back. So who is that going like? Lord Reb Yehuda, Lord Reb Shimon, not Reb Yehuda, not Reb Shimon. I'm going to cover Papa, if I will say to you, Huadin, a few lo yalda, nami, kishask zeva. Really, when the mission says it goes back to the Nigzal, that would be true even had it not yet given birth and you didn't need Shunoi Kona okay um who uh I'm sorry did I say that wrong even had it not given birth excuse me I said it wrong even had it not given birth you would have kept the increase okay you would not have given it back so the same way when it gives birth you keep the baby in the Mishnah had it not given birth you always would also would have kept the increase and you would have only given it back based on the value when you stole it okay Nami the Yalda. So why did the mission say when it gave birth you get to keep the calf, which implies before it gave birth you did not get to keep the increase? I need Nazi Reisha Yalda Nazi Sefenami Yalda. The Reisha was talking about Yalda. Remember the Reisha said you stole a pregnant cow and it gave birth. So the Sefer was also talking about Yalda when you stole a cow that wasn't pregnant. But the real point is that in the Mishnah you all you would always keep the increase whether you stole it not pregnant 
and it had now, you know, uh, gotten pregnant, whether you saw pregnant and given birth, or whether you saw not pregnant, got pregnant and given birth, you always pay, because that's actually the end line of the Mishnah. You know, the funny thing with this is pointing out is that the Mishnah is missing the, uh, this obvious case. Right? The Mishnah says, if you stu- took a stolen cow, a, a pregnant cow and it gave birth, you're Mishal and Kishasa You keep the baby. You stole a non-pregnant cow, got pregnant and gave birth, you keep the baby, you're Mishal and Kishasa This is the rule. You're Mishal and Kishasa You're Mishal like it was one stolen. But it didn't tell you the missing case. The case of when you stole it, not pregnant, then it got pregnant, and now it's pregnant. Do you have, do you get to keep the increase, or do you whatever? So what this is coming down, this is coming down on the side of Zehadin, your Ola Mishal and Kishasa So even in that missing case when it wasn't pregnant and got pregnant you get to get paid back for the increase and you only have to pay the owner for that original value okay so that's the principle of Mishal and Krishas so now the Gemara says like this we talk like Rev Papa that everybody agrees the Gazan keeps the increase and the only question is to what degree Rev Shimon Omer least this clarifies Rev Shimon's position not Rev Yehuda's Rev Shimon says you get to Creep a portion of the increase. Presumably, whether it's a half, a third, or a quarter, has to do with whatever the standards are in that locale. Amar Ravashi. So Ravashi says, When I was in the house of Rav Kahana, we asked the following question. You take half, a third, or a quarter. So until now, we've been saying you're paying for the difference, right? He's not going to say, like, I'm going to come and I'm going to shear off, you know, my portion of the wool. Or what are you going to do about the pregnant cow? I'm going to come and I'm going to take a piece of... But here the question is, maybe not. Are you allowed to... Do you allowed to? I mean, it's just, again, so disturbing and shocking the way the Gazan has rights here. Are you allowed to pay him off for his portion? Or does he have rights? And he says, no, I own 10% of the cow. I own... Now you're fair. I, right, I, own, I own 50% of the Uber and when it gets... The, and when, you know, of the, of the fetus. And when it gets born, that calf is going to be half mine. Right, like the mafia. It's like, okay, we're... Right, right, we're partners now. You want your cow back? Fine. Now we're partners in your cow. Uh, anyway, um, okay, so... So, or do you get to at least just pay him for his efforts? Okay? Upashkinam we concluded from the following statement. Three people you assess the increase and you pay them off and they don't remain partners. Okay, now the point here is that we're going to assume this is like it. We're going to assume the Shalosh is not a Davka. We're going to assume the fact that he's giving us this example of people that you pay, get to pay off, that the Gazan would also obviously fall into this category. Okay, and these are they. Let's say um, two brothers inherit an estate and because the Bukhar gets Pishnayim right if there's just two brothers for simplicity he gets two thirds and the other brother gets a third now let's say the brother goes the Bukhar goes and he plants the field and increases it and now it's worth a thousand dollars more than it was before the halacha is that he does not get two thirds of that thousand dollars since that was an increase in the value that occurred after you know the inheritance took place they split that increase equally okay so because the, the estate has yet to be divided. So that's an increase in the estate. It's not like your third inc- increased X330 and my third included 660. It's that the entire estate increased. How do we divide this new part of the estate? Well, we divide it equally. Okay, so in that case, okay, but the point what we're going to do is we're going to divide the land two-thirds and one-third. So now, I'm the Bechor. I've got 
more of the increase, because we divided the land two-thirds and one-third and the increase was equally distributed, I got more of the increase than I'm entitled to. Okay, so Charlie, do you get to demand a percentage of this land? No. I'm entitled to pay you off and keep my two-thirds of lands with the full amount of increase and pay you for that, for that extra amount that I took. Okay, so that's the Bechor Lepashot. Ubalchov Lelokeach and a debtor for the... Uh, for the purchaser. So the case is, is that, oh, let me just double check uh, Rashi here again. Um, right. So this was, again, this was, you know, um, um, Michael uh, owed me $1,000. He went in and he sold the field to Charlie. Charlie increased the value of the field $500. I am now going to come and seize that property because actually Michael owed me fifteen, you know, whatever. Michael owed me $1,500 or whatever it was. I'm going to seize the entire property with the increase, okay? But Michael says, you know, but you don't have a right to take from me, you know, more than, I mean, we're going to explore this in a minute, but you don't have a right to take from me sort of like more than my purchase price. I mean, you know, your lien on that land was only $1,000. That increased 500 that was my input into that land. You don't have rights to that. Okay, but I'm not going to take less of the whole plot of land. I'm going to take the whole plot of land. So Charlie now, though, is entitled to $500 back. That was what he put into the land. That wasn't the original stuff I had a lien on. So, he, so there, I can pay him the $500 rather than have him remain a partner in the land. That's Baruchov Lokeach. One minute. Baruchov Lokeach... Um, which is exactly the same thing except rather than the fact that the creditor sold the land the creditor died and I'm taking it from the orphans and they've increased the value so the, what they've added to the land is not what I have my liens on so when I'm taking the land I have to pay them for their part but they're not allowed I have the right to do that they're not allowed to say we're not taking your money we're remaining partners in the land Okay. so the same way all of that is true and they're all very similar cases something that is mine that somebody else increased okay and something that's mine that somebody else increased that person though is I'm allowed to get rid of that person by paying them off okay so in this case also the Goslin increased it Reb Simmons says I got he, oh, he has a certain you know he, he gets some money out of that but I'm allowed to pay him off okay he's not a, he can't insist that he remains a partner in it yes wait Charlie had his hand up yes just a, a quickie uh, in any sense uh, significant fact they're, they're using the word uh, rather than um, Damim is Aramaic, Kesef is like Mishnaic language, so um, I think it's just because it's like, okay. it's, you know, it's Aramaic, yeah. So, so it's not really like Mount distortion then, because it's like somebody who made money for you, right. and you're giving them a commission. Exactly, exactly. Now, I never asked them to do this for me or whatever, but right, exactly. Okay, so, um, now the Gemara says like this. Okay, so presumably that's the case. Now the Gemara says... Um, is that really true in this case here when I'm going now collecting from Charlie and I had a thousand was worth a thousand dollars I had a lien on the property and now um, I have to pay Charlie for his for the amount that he said he increased the value um, that the Baruch gets to collect the increased value if that debt was fifteen hundred dollars thank you very much Charlie for increasing the value of the land I had a lien on that land and now I'm going to take the whole thing. I don't owe you anything. See, by the way, there's a middle position, which is not that I don't owe you anything or that I get to take it all, but I pay you for your efforts, right? You know, there's a middle position there. But anyway, here you have these contradictory statements. One of Shmuel says that I have to reimburse Charlie for the increase that he made in the land, and the other is, is that I get to take the whole thing. Has the increase reached your shoulders or not? 
Now, what does that mean? So Rashi says, means like the wheat is very high and it's ready to be harvested. So if the wheat is ready to be harvested, then it's really not seen conceptually as part of the land anymore. Then I'm really just taking something which conceptually is now Charlie's wheat. Imagine he had already harvested it. Certainly, I wouldn't have a right to take it with my lien. So therefore, even while it's still attached to the land, I have to pay him back for it. If it's not yet ready to be harvested, then it's seen as just an increase of the land, it's a value of the land itself, and I am entitled. Now again, that's pretty funny. Do I not have to pay Charlie for his efforts? But anyway, but fundamentally, that's just seen as, an, as a greater value of the land, not something distinct from the land, and I am entitled to take it. Okay, so then Gemara says, uh, One minute, you can't say that, because we know that it's in practice, Shmuel allows the collection of a lien, even if it increased, and even if now the wheat is at standing at shoulder height. Now that's very strange. Tosus doesn't like that idea. Tosus says, really? How could that be that the wheat is ready to be harvested and you still have a right to it in terms of your lien? So Tosus explains Sheva Hamigiel Ekteifayim in a different way. He says that it basically means something that happened. He says, he says it's sort of like, did, it, did you have to put in a lot of like, you know, back-breaking labor in order to make it? Sheva Hamigiel Ekteifayim means you didn't, it, it grew by itself, like what Michael talked about before. You had an orchard and it just rained. That's not Megillah's time. That was like a natural increase. So, which makes a lot of sense. Charlie didn't put in any effort. You know, the fruit just blossomed over the course of the year. It rained and the fruit blossomed. I'm not giving him anything for what it increased in his value. That was land I had a lean on with natural growth, and I'm taking it all. Shavach and Megillah, if I mean the Shavach came about because of effort and labor. And that, Charlie should be entitled to get paid back. And then the Gemara says, one minute. But we know that Shmuel allows you to collect even when it required the labor of the person. So, how does that make sense? That's not difficult. The question is, how big was my, how big was was the loan? If Michael owed me fifteen hundred dollars and the land was a thousand, then even though now because of Charlie's efforts it increased to five hundred, I'm entitled to seize the whole thing. Okay. Now, um, so now, but however, if the loan was only a thousand, then I mean, see, I'm not entitled. Which basically means, okay, obviously, if the loan was only a thousand, I'm not entitled to take more than the loan. So that resolution, right? Excuse me. Um, where the only time I have to pay back Charlie is if I'm really not, if my loan isn't that big. But if the loan is that big, even though the lien was only a thousand, even though the lien started as a thousand, but because I have an outstanding loan of fifteen hundred, and now the land has increased, even though it increased because of Charlie's efforts, still that's my land. It's that the land I have a lien on. Now it's worth the full value of the loan. I'm entitled to take it all. It does seem very unfair. Like where is Charlie getting reimbursed for his efforts? At least I should have to. It's not give him all the shavach, at least give him something. Wait, let's just get to the end of this and then I'll take the questions. Okay, Amalei, Hanichalamanda Amar, Shapir. This idea that, you know, that, um, that, what do you call it, that uh, I get to um, uh, pay Charlie off in the case when I have to do that, when it's, uh, when it's uh, what do you call it, when the loan was only a thousand, so now I'm taking the whole piece of land and I'm paying him the difference. That makes sense if, according to, um, um, according to the one that says 
that if the purchaser has money, he cannot make me go away. Meaning, for, let's say I come, forget whether Charlie increased it or not. I've got a lien on the land. I'm going to seize the land that Charlie brought off of Michael. But Charlie says, look, I really don't want to lose this land. Just take this $1,000. Meaning, Michael has to reimburse me anyway. He gave me the insurance or whatever. Take the value. Don't take the land. Is he entitled to do that? Or can I say, I'm sorry. You don't owe me a $1,000. I have rights to the land. I'm taking the land. You don't have a right to make me go away just by giving me the money. That's a debate. So the mother says, let's see how that plays out. Yes, we just had the Bishra versus Azuzi before? Uh, that's the opposite. That's if I can pay him off for his part. Here's whether he has a right to make me go away. Okay, so that's the question. So let's take a look. According to the one that says, it's good. If Charlie has the money, he can't make me go away. Then it makes sense. Because then this is the flip side of it. I can take the whole land and pay him money and he can't stop me from doing that. Because anyway, because he would have a right to make me go away even if he has money. That makes sense. If Charlie had money, he could make me go away. So now think about it. If Charlie had the money, he could make me go away from the whole land. Now I'm taking the land and he wants to at least keep his $500 worth of it. It should seem that he should be entitled since he in general had, could be able to make me go away had he had the means to do that. Right? So why do I get to take the 500 and pay him the money even if he wants to keep that 500 So he says, El you say Zulu Charlie, Charlie said, say to me, if I had cash on hand, I'd make you go away from the whole land. I'd give you your thousand dollars and I'd keep everything. Now, if I don't have money and you took the whole land, which is worth fifteen hundred, since fundamentally I should be able to make you go away, I have some real rights here. At least leave me a plot of land worth my five hundred dollars. Okay, so it should seem that he should be entitled to do that. Okay, since he has a five hundred dollar right to the land, and since he has a right to make me go away if he had cash, it would seem that that's the combination of those two means that he could keep his piece a piece of land worth his value. Ah, the case is that that uh, Michael here, who was the one who owed me money, made this plot of land the apotiki. Apotiki means it is the only is the designated collateral. It's not just I have general liens on all Michael's property. I have focused liens on this plot of land. And what that does is, on the one hand, it weakens my rights to any other property that Michael has, but it strengthens my rights to this plot of land. And because of that... Charlie has, doesn't have any rights. He can't make me go away if he has money. Okay? So in that case, I can only collect from that. So that's the case where I can make Charlie go away rather than him making me go away. Okay? In a special case of an apotheke. But anyway, the more interesting question here is basically this is all a digression of the case about when the Gazan increases the value can I pay the Gazan and make him go away and the answer basically was yes and similarly if a lokeach increases the value of property I have a lien on I seize the property and I make him go away but the Gemara said that's not so clear because it actually might be that he could make me go away or at least he could be entitled to keeping the amount that he has rights to but the strange thing is the issue about when according to this that when even if he increases the value if that's equal to the value of my loan I'm able to seize the whole thing, okay, and presumably not even have to pay him anything, which is very strange, because one would imagine I would at least have to pay him for his efforts. Yes, Michael, you had yeah, a question. So according to the original one, it says, let's say he sold right. the sheep, and he's like, you know, the sheep got really sick, right? Mm-hmm. To the bed. And like, you know, right. And then he put in, there was more than, you know, can he, 
is he capped the value of the sheep or is he saying listen you know Wait, one more time but he put in one time the you know, right, yes, you know he, he gets compensated like taking care of it let's say it's something extraordinary take it to the bed it was a big vet bill right so then does he get compensated for that or is he saying listen I, you know your vet bill is a thousand dollars she's only worth fifty. no methylacetrovia is not a portion of what he paid it's a, it's a percentage of the increase I don't have to pay for the guy. If the guy hasn't spent money and lost money on it, I don't have to reimburse him. Okay? He only gets a portion of the increase. Okay. That's uh, okay? But also, I thought that he'd get compensated as if he was, like, you know, shepherd taking care of it during that time, whatever. Uh, no. That's... There was necessarily sure because that would normally be the arrangement, but it would be a percentage of the increase in value. It would not be a flat fee. How okay? Do you it depends on what the normal... Well, what the going so rate was. The vet, and he doesn't get compensated for that at all. Correct. Now, there is a commodity that's Talks about in other scenarios of Yor the Toste Havero that your Mishalimo so um, like the normal um, you know according to the Yitzia according to his uh, his uh, cost but there it only says only if it's less than the Shevach if it's between the Yitzia and the Shevach you pay the lesser of the two by the way Tosus points out that one of the reasons behind why I might be able to take the entire amount from Charlie and not have to pay him for his cost is because Michael has um, ins- has insured Charlie against loss so I might as well take it think what's going to happen I'm going to take it from Mike from, from Charlie Charlie now has lost land worth $1,500 500 of which was stuff that he inputted on his own but it's not unfair to Charlie because he's just going to go back to Michael and Michael's going to own $1,500 before Michael owed me $1,500 now he owes Charlie $1,500 so one of the ways to understand why I'm entitled to do that is because Charlie is insured against loss okay but then Tosis explores the cases about what if Charlie isn't insured against loss am I still entitled to do that All right, but at least that helps explain a little bit about why why that works Okay, let's now continue in the Gemara. Amaravo. This has got to be, i got to tell you, it's almost like Twilight Zone we're talking here about. Like, yesterday or two days ago, we were Twilight Zone that the Gazan tries to return, and you don't accept it. No, 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 we're not accepting it. Especially if you're a professional Gazan, you don't have to pay back anything, okay? Um, by, you know, by the way, was, you know a great example of the case about somebody who's like, it was a case about, like, you know, stealing from, like, everybody and then having to figure out how you pay back? Do people know the story about Crazy Yetis? Yeah. You know, yeah. about the guys, they were these, like, uh, I think it was Syrians or something whatever it was yeah. they had this they had these you know this electronic store anyway they had like insane, yeah. I remember their ads anyway there was like all these scams going on I don't remember the story about it and they were finally caught and put in jail anyway one of the guys really felt like tremendous remorse and he's like spent the last 20 years trying to basically figure out how to pay back the public mm-hmm. you know so he goes around and he lectures about it and, t- and whatever you know so it's like intra- anyway but uh, but here you so we had one twilight zone which was like oh you're a professional goslin we can't take any money back then you're not going to do tshuva now we got this right that you're a gazan and you steal it but so in order to encourage you to return it you get rights to the shevach and you get to increase keep the shevach or portion of the shevach and now we're going to explore how far do those rights go so let's take a look by Rava so Rava asked I'm sorry I'm a Rava Rava said the gazan steals it and then he sells it or he steals it and then he dies and he bequeaths it so and now the nigzal comes to get the animal back so since he had rights to the Shavach, so now the uh, person who bought it from him or the uh, heir who scouted from him has rights to the Shavach. So the Nigvo gets his, his sheep back and the purchaser says, okay, but at least pay me for the wool because the Gazan was allowed to keep the wool. I'm allowed to keep
keep for the wall. Okay, now, by Rava, Rava asked, Let's say the Gazan stole it, Ruvain stole it, and then sold it to Shimon. And now Shimon had it increase in value. And then the Nigzal comes. So Shimon gets to keep the increase in value. Okay? Mahu. Basu Dubai had a Pashta after he raised the question, he concluded, Now, this is a classic phrase of the Gemara. The first guy sold to the second guy. He transferred any rights he had. So the same way the Gazan has rights to keep the increase, the Nigzal has, the, the Lokeach has rights to keep the increase. Boy, Rava. So then Rava asked, What about if it's a non Jew who purchased it from the, now we're going to have to see, is it a non Jew purchaser or is it a non Jew the Goslin? But does the non Jew have rights to the Shevach? Okay. Are we going to come and make a Takana for the sake of the non Jew? By the way, the fact that it finally uses the word Takana is helpful because Tosos until now has been explaining that this is all Takana Sashavim, right? To, to, uh, takana because why? To make it easy for the Goslin to do Tshuva. The Gemara has not said what the reason is that the Goslin has rights to the Shevach. So here, by using the word Takana, discussing the non-Jew case, it seems to indicate that that's what's going on for the Goslin as well. It's one thing for the Goslin to give him a Takana to let him keep the Shevach. But we're going to do it for the case of the non-Jew. So the Gemara says, um, Okay, fine. It's that the non-Jew, presumably we're still thinking the non-Jew stole it, and then he sold it to a Jew. So now the Jew is the purchaser from the non-Jew Goslin. Does that Jew have rights to the Shevach? But so what? If when a non-Jew is a Goslin, we don't let him keep the Shevach, why should we let the Jew who bought it from him keep the Shevach? So the Gemara says, Lo Chicha could go into Gazel Yisrael. Okay, fine. There are three people involved. A Jew stole it. Reuven stole it. The Zavnan the Alei, and then he stole it to he sold it to Christopher. The Shpicha Vikochavim, and then Christopher made it worse more. Okay, Vahadar Ovikochavim Bezavnol Yisrael, and Christopher went and sold it to Shimon. Okay, so when Reuven had it, he had rights to the Shavach. If he had sold it straight to Shimon, Shimon would have had rights to the Shavach. But it went through Christopher in the middle. So what do we say? Okay. Um, my, me and me and Kevin to make Kari Yisrael, Vahari Yisrael. Started with a Jew and end with a Jew. Avdu Rabbanat Akanta. So the Takana of rights to the Shavach still remains, and therefore continues to pass through the non-Jew and goes to the Jew at the end, and he has rights to the Shavach. Since the non-Jew is in the middle, Allah Rabbanat Akanta. They didn't take it. We don't know. Fine. Move on. I'm a Papa. Hi, Ma. Now we're going to switch back. He's supposed to pay Avraham Hamisha, though. I mean, this is the case of. Oh no, this is Gaza. Gaza, not Ghana. A good try. Uh, yes. <laughs> in, in this uh, printing, they use the phrase Ovid Kosafin. Is that unusual rather than, you know? Goy? Yeah. Well, it's not unusual. It's usual as a censored word. Meaning the original version, probably what do they have in, in Steinbach? Goy. The original version would have been Goy or sometimes Nachri. Ovid Kosafin is the classic, classic censored word of, you know, when it appears. Yeah. Okay. But so. Let me just understand this. And this whole thing we had this before, the Remy and the Takana was not. It was only for a witch, Goslin or Goslin? Ga- Goslin. Would we, would we have said the same by a yes. So that's an interesting question, you know, because I've been pointing out from the beginning that there are some conversations that seem that they should be the exact same, like what type of a Shinui is Kona or not. Although the Tosus Rid actually questions that, that maybe there are different rules about that. But something like this, actually, it makes sense that there might be a difference. Like whether we make a Takana, you know, because by the Ghana of Dafka, there's all these fines and punishments. I mean, that's the irony. So like, what's going to incentivize him? 
but maybe what will incentivize him is to return it so he doesn't have to pay the case on the and the Abba Bechamisha because if he's motive it cannot be potter so anyway but since the, and, or another way of saying it is the Ghana the Torah is harsher on so maybe you know for whatever reason maybe you're right we make more Takhanas for the Gaza than the Ghana because we did not see these types of Takhanas for the Ghana so that's a very good point you know that Michael raises all these weird Takhanas of to you know don't accept it back let him keep the Sheva you know could be that by Ghana either for whatever reason we're harsher we don't want to make it or, for, or because of the harshness of the signs there's more of an incentive for him to do to do tshuva anyway it's a good question okay of course we should raise the question why don't we do the same for Goslin make harsh fines if he's caught and then give him the way to get out of it by admitting to it that would be a lot more justice you know just than than to give make it give him all these all these like rewards for returning it what right yeah right right all right Yes, right. That's, I mean, that's one way, right. That's way, one of the ways of explaining why. There's different ways, but right. The classic way that Gemara explains why Wittar is more machmed like the Ghanav is because he's like, he's like a hypocrite. He has more year from B'nai Adam than from whatever. Okay, so, oh, so you're saying if the Ghazan doesn't care about B'nai Adam, he's not going to be scared about fines. Maybe. Okay, Amara Papa. Haiman the Ghazan. Now we switch back, though, to a normal Shinoi conversation. Um, and when people learn Meruba and learn Shinoi and Meruba, they usually learn this passage here for Papa. Let's take a look. Amar Papa, Haiman de Gazel Dikla Michavrei. Somebody stole a palm tree from his friend. Now again, how do you steal a palm tree? You, know, you, you claimed it. The way you're going to steal it is by chopping it down. Okay. And right now it's sort of our carcass, not Nigzelis. But what you're going to do now is um, the carcass, and then you chopped it down. Avogav de Shadia mi Arla He he sell it from his you know from the French field into his yard into his field. That's how he stole it by chopping it down and it landed in his yard. Okay. Low Kani, you're not Tona. Now, my time, what's the reason? Even though you did a Shinoi Masa, it was a Shinoi Masa without an attendant Shinoi Hashem. It was originally called a palm tree, and now it's just called a chopped down palm tree. Now, that's pretty radical, okay? Because, first of all, I mean, there's a couple of things that are crazy about this. We can't explore all of them. But, number one, we just went through all of this discussion about like a shinoi like is a cow after it gives birth a different cow and is that a shinoi kona it gets a little fatter it gets a little thinner there we consider it that was like not be a dayim not even a shinoi Hashem with a little bit of a physical change here you chop down a palm tree all of a sudden it's not a big enough shinoi because we'll still call it a chop down palm tree I understand and anyway we would assume you would call it a different name but even so compared to the earlier discussions this seems a lot bigger and more radical it's both be a dayim and we wouldn't think you call it Hashem. That's number one. I don't want to answer that. The other two point is, is that it sounds like if it was a Shino, you would be Kona. But this is an interesting example of Gezela Vishinoi Baim Ke'echad. Normally we assume the order is you steal it and then you do a Shinoi. But here, while it's still not chopped down, you can't, it's not Nigzal. Right? You have to be able to make it Metalpalim. The chopping of down is the act of the Gezela. And the Gemara implies that if in that act you did a Shinoi, it would be the Gezela and the Shinoi Baim and you would be Kona, but it was not a Shinoi. Okay? Now the Gemara goes on. Okay? The Hashta, no. You don't hear an opposing opinion. Okay? Now, if you stole a palm tree, or maybe a chopped down palm tree, and you turn them into uh, logs, Lokani, you do, you're not Kona. Hashemiyas, Gubi, Didikli, Mikli. They're called palm logs. Now, Gubi, specifically the palm tree. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's something to do with a palm tree. I don't know. Um, by the way, our palm tree is the ones that grow, or no, that's 
that's banana trees that grow new every year banana trees that's banana trees okay because if it would tell me that you would chop down and regrow new every year you could imagine it wouldn't be seen as radical anyway if you took logs and made them into beams finally Connie oh now we're calling that okay beams are totally different I mean it is true like you look at the lumber industry you look out of the forest you know they have all these big felled trees and the logs they're all in still somewhat of a natural state right once they get converted into beams that's already something different okay Robert now Kishuri, if somebody stole a beam, Ravravi, Vavdinu Kishuri Zutri, and made it into a small beam, you took a 2x4 and you made it into two 1x4s or something, I don't know. Okay, Lokani, they're not Kona, that's just not enough for Shinoi, they're just different beams, they're not fundamentally different. Avdinu Kitsutisa, if however you made it into a... No, Kitsutisa is a different type of a thing, it's like, I don't know... Boards. Boards, okay, like planks, so that is a 2x4, as opposed to a beam, I guess is more, much more, you know... Substantial. Two by fours, turn them into two by eight. No, no, but two by fours are thin, right? Yeah. So planks, like as opposed to like a beam, which is more like three dimen- fully three dimensional. Okay, then Connie, that is different. I'm a rava. If somebody stole a lulav and turned it into a um, like a broom, basically you 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 took you plucked out all of the leaves and you bound it back against the stem, and now it's like a broom. What? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Okay, Connie, that's already a Kenyan to make all the leaves before it was a, a lulav and now it's a broom. Hutsi vavdinu chufya. Now, I'm sorry, chufya is the broom. I don't know what the hutsi was. Uh, but the chufya uh, is... Okay, the the chufya was like the broom, except apparently what you did is you split the leaves into two. So it wasn't just that you detached the leaves and bound them back up, but each of the leaves you sort of split into two. In that case, uh, Connie, how do they translate the difference between chufya and... uh, The first one is leaves that... he tore the leaves off the lulav branch. Right. In the first one. Oh, and now he actually bound them back up to it to make it into a broom? Well, the broom is... Alright, whatever. Anyway, fine. So you're pulling the leaves off and then you're binding it back and then you're splitting the leaves in half. Kani, mekara hutsi, before it was like leaves, ahasha chufke, now it's a broom. There's an explanation. Yeah. It says that when making a broom, the double leaves are split along their folds and tied together to form a broom. Okay, that's what I said, right? You split the leaves into two. Okay. Reversible chain. Got it. Chufke now if you took the, uh, if you took the leaves and you wove them into some type of a, like of a rope, then lo kani, you're not kona, why? My time, this was the idea that even if it's a radical change, if it could be undone and you could undo the rope and get you back into the into the, into the leaves, then that's not then that's a chozer libriyaso. make it back into this broom. Okay, by Rav Papa. Rav Papa asked. Now this is going to be strange. Right? Sounds like it's going to sound like it. What happens if the tip is cut off? Tashma, tamar of Masa, tamar of Yosher ben Levi. Nitla tiyomes. Oh no, if the tip tip is split. So Rav Yosher ben Levi says nitla tiyomes puzzle. If it's cut off, it's a puzzle lula. So my love. Should we say who The same would be if it's split. So since it would be a puzzle lulav, it's a shinoi in your kona. Now I want to say, is this happening on sukkis? 
Is it a kosher lulav that you make puzzle? Then I would get that it's a shinui. But maybe it's not happening on sukkis, like you know. I mean, you know. So Rashi says since it's possible for Hilchos Lulam it's a Shinoi to me that only makes sense if it's happening on Sukkot okay anyway so so he says presumably split is the same as cut off well Nitlashani no cut off is different it's lacking some say if it's split it's like it's cut off and it's puzzle and therefore that's a good proof and since it's puzzle presumably you're Kona Perfectly good broom. I understand. I'm a papa. If somebody stole dust, dirt from the friend, the Avde Levinta, and you know, basically made it into a brick, okay, you, uh, so you used it and you added whatever you needed to turn it into a brick. Low Connie, you're not sewn it. That seems a pretty radical change. My time at the Hunter Masule Afra, you can crush it and make it back into dust. So this is again the principle of Shinoya Jose Librioso, even though it will, it went under, it went a radical change and would have to go under a radical change to get back. Back, since eventually to get back, it's considered Jose Librioso. So I, okay. I still have the option, right, of just giving him other dirt? Mm, no. He still owns it. Now, would he what have to... The pay? And all that? Oh, so he might have to pay for the difference. We're back to the case about, like, the uh, the, the increased wool. Okay, that's a good point. He might have to pay for the difference. Let's say you stole a brick and you turned it into dust. Oh, no, it's also. I can remold it back into a brick. No, that's a new brick. It's not the same brick. And that's considered something new. So the dust is considered the same dust. Okay, but a brick, you, when you make something new, it's, it's, it's a similar item to the one you stole, okay, but it's not the same item that one you stole. Yes, can I have a question about that? Yeah, I was wondering about that too, right, like why is it exactly the same, but I guess it's, it has the uh, has additives, but it contains the same, it is the same dust plus other stuff. Okay, anyway, so I don't know. If you stole a piece of metal from your friend, and you made it into a coin, you're not Kona. Now here, by the way, Jenna, presumably you could do this just by minting it without adding anything. My time, because then you could just, you know, flatten it and turn it back into into metal, into a non-coin form. However, if you stole coins and you melted them down into metal, then you are Kona. Maya Marta, Zuze. Oh, why? I can turn it back into coins. No, That would be a new coin. If you stole blackened coins and you polished them and made them new, low cutting, you're not Kona, because, you know, that's Chosur Libriya. First of all, to what degree is that a Shinu Hashem anyway? Is it called something new? It's maybe just called something polished. But anyway, you leave it around long enough, it'll get black again. If you stole new ones and you made them blackened ones, Kani, you're Kona. Now that's weird. Why? Just polish it. You can repolish it. So can't say this is Panim Chadashos Paulakan because it's not. You're just removing the uh, whatever it is, the rust or how to, what, what, what makes coins black. Um, silver oxidizing. Okay, so the silver oxi- oxidizing or whatever, you just remove that stuff. So you can't say Panim Chadashos Paulakan. You're just revealing the old coin. But the Gemara says no because it's not fully Chose Libriyaso. Some of the blackness right. still remains. You're never going to fully polish it again. Is that true? When I polish my silver, it really looks like you totally get it back to new state. It looks, but you've actually lost a tiny bit of the silver each time. Oh, really? It's good to have you in here, Charlie.
<laughs> okay, let's get, so let me get back to the brick case, right? Not, yeah, quickly, because I want to get to the I do get, I do comp- compensated for uh, the increase. My, the increase, but if I let's say put it in my house then I just yeah then it'd be like a okay everybody plays based this is the principle you all pay based on the value what it was when you stole it what does this Zahakal come to include? And this was mentioned yesterday. You stole a, 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 a sheep and it became a ram, um, a calf and it became an ox. Now it's a shinoi and you own it. And this is from a Gneva case. So if you slaughter and sell it, it's yours, you don't pay four and five. Now if you might remember, there was that great line in the Gemara in Meruba, wherever it was said, Back to him, you know, like what a crazy idea! Got to save us from such opinions, and then he said back, "Adarava, got to save us from your opinions." <laughs> anyway, here's the Gemara quotes without any dispute. Okay, and on the one hand, it's a shinu Hashem without any shini masa. It's a physical difference, but not a physical difference that you imposed on it that happened by itself. Okay, and here it is calling it a shinu. So chopping down a palm tree and turning it into logs—that's not a shinu. You know, this here is a shinu. Okay. But anyway, in this case, because you now own it, you just pay the original value, and this is not Shashinu Biyadovitsnao. Okay. Mahu Gavra, the Gaza Padna de Tori Mechavre. Somebody stole a pair of oxen from his friend. He went and he uh, plowed, you know, uh, plowing. He plowed his field with it. Zara Buzara. And then he planted his land. So he, bought, he stole some cows, used them to plow and to, uh, you know, plant his field. And then he said, thank you very much. I'm going to return the gzela, okay? And I don't have to pay you anything. So, Asa, now this was not that the gzela increased. This was he used the gzela to make his land increase. Asa, the coming to Rav Nachman. The owner came to Rav Nachman. Amalu, the Rav Nachman said, Go figure out how much the land increased and have the Gazan pay the owner for the increase of the land. This is like the exact opposite of what we've seen before. Before I increase your gzela and you have to reimburse me. Here, I use your cows to increase my land and I have to reimburse you for how my land increased. So, I understand. So, let's take a look. I'm only Rava. So, Rava, the first thing Rava said is, even if that were true, that you have to reimburse the owner for what you benefited, the cows Made the increase the value and the land didn't increase the value. Meaning the reason the land is worth more is not all based. If the land is now worth a hundred dollars more, it's not that the cows contributed a hundred dollars worth of eff- worth of effort, right? The cow might have contributed a portion of what it was, but the land itself was because it led to what its increase in value. Amar in I didn't say pay for. I didn't mean to say you'd pay the full amount. Assess the increase and kamina and pay for half of the increase. Pay back to the owner. I'm away. So, so, Gzelu. I don't understand this. This is a Gzelu case. So, God's a baby. And you're, the Gzelu is returning in its current, in, in its original form. You pay this in the way it was. And we've already looked what that means is, if anything, the owner has to pay you if the Gzelu increases. So now you use the Gzelu to increase the land. You're going to have to give him more, back more than you took. No, you only give the guy back the amount that you took. Why are you going to have to give him back the increase in the land? 
Amalei, he said to him, haven't I not told you, when I'm sitting in din, don't talk to me. Okay, meaning, presumably it means don't second guess me. It could mean don't distract me, but it sounds like don't second guess me. Damar Huna, because Rav Huna said, Huna Chavrain, Huna, our friend, my colleague has said, a lie regarding me. Okay, this is Rav Nachman talking. Anav, the Shvor Malka, that I, Rav Nachman, and Shvor Malka, who was like the, uh, you know, the, uh, um, who is the name for Shmuel? Shmuel is called Shmuelka. So Achi Bedina. We, I mean, Shmuelka was the name of like the Persian uh, head of government or whatever. But Shmuel was very buddy with him anyway. So it was a way of referring to Shmuel. We're like colleagues in Din, meaning we are like we know what we're doing when it comes to cases of Dine Mominus. Okay, don't second guess me. Hi Enish Gazlanahu. That That guy was an old Gazan. Was a habitual Gazan. Ubeina de Iknisay. I know exactly obviously what we say, and he needed to be fined. So technically, you're right. He just should give it back, and he shouldn't have to give back the value, the increase that he received. But you know, he he needs some extra slap on the hand. He needs some extra punishment. So him, I'm going to make it. So again, it's exactly opposite. All these things is we can go easy on the Goslin. They let him keep the stuff to increase him, and when he's a habitual Goslin, we go even easier on him. And here we find that no, sometimes actually a little common sense has to kick in, and we have to go in the opposite direction. Yes, Charlie. What is the Missing from the studio is Hefker baked in Hefker, which gives the gives gives the bacon the power to engage. Well, that's presumably something of what was operating in this last that's case, what I'm thinking, right? But it's not mentioned yeah, exactly.